You're listening to a Sunday morning message from Hope Church Frankfurt. If you want more information about our church, text HOPE23 to 55498. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Today we're going to talk about Buddhist and basically Buddhism. And uh, we will learn basically a little bit more about what they think and what is your, their worldview and how challenging it is sometimes for us to reach out to the Buddhists. So um, I basically knew God from Catholic Church, but I didn't have a personal relationship with God. So when I came to Jerry's place when I was in college back in Ho Chi Minh City, and I came and the first thing that I saw their life is different. You know, I was raised in a family of brokenness. You know, my, my mom has three husbands, and, and she remarried and remarried and remarried because she's like a woman in the well, you know. The woman, uh, when the book of John says, you know, she was trying to find real love but never found one. And I didn't have the concept of what is a really love really is. And um, when, I, when I first met Jared and Barbara, I looked at their light and uh, I said, wow, these people are authentic. They're so authentic. They love each other. On earth. They love one another and they treat one another the way that um, I never saw before. So it was amazing to me at first. I was really interested to come and learn about their story. And they taught um, English, but through Bible stories. And that's how we got to know more about the Bible. And that's how we got saved. So when I first got saved, I started to share um, Christ with my friends in class. And my wife back then, she was my classmate in college. And you know what? Every time I share with her about God, she shared with me about Buddha. She was like, let me talk to you about Buddha. I was like, wow, she was devour Buddhist. You know, um, everything I share, she was trying to debate and to reject and to always have something, you know, opposite. And, um, but the thing that she cannot deny is the fruit when a person got saved. She cannot deny those, you know, joy, the peace, the hope that I had. And, uh, you know, finally, after two years, she became a Christian. Hallelujah. And right now, she's here with me, alongside with me, helping, you know, doing the ministry where God is calling us. And we just launched a Vietnamese church right in Pearson. Uh, we share the same building as Hope Church Pearson. And Hope Pearson is doing the service right now at the same time as you guys doing. And we do the service right after that. And we've been so blessed to see God doing amazing work through our lives. And we're so glad that God, we believe strongly that God will do more uh, through our lives as well. And you know what? There are a lot of Vietnamese living here in the U.S., especially in Chicago. So I came to, you know, uh, Chicago um, at the end, the beginning of 2020. And um, I came here just to help my mom with her last divorce, all the paperwork in court. That was really, really awkward, really not uh, in a good situation, totally broken. And I asked God, what next here? What Chicago? It's so cold here. You know, I've raised in the tropical country, and all the sunny, and all the beaches, and come here, oh, wow, it's cold. I don't even, even have, you know, a thick jacket to cover myself at the time. And I just kept asking the Lord and, and, and pray, because at the time I was studying in a Bible college back in Texas. Um, and, you know, God just showed me some of the people that he started to put a desire in my heart for them. And I felt burdened for them. Those are some of the Vietnamese family in the area. Um, those who um, have a, a lot of them have been broken family, and they have a lot of things that 
I, I felt that they really need God in their lives. So I started to have the burden, and, and we pray, and God uh, uh, connected us with Hope Church, with Pastor Hal and Don, and, and, and now with you guys. And I'm so blessed that God is leading us every way of our lives, and we know that God is in control, and He has uh, a good plans for us. And I'm so blessed to be here, guys. Uh, I'm so grateful because all of you have done great things. You have sowed the seed into missions. Um, if, if you have not done that, I, I would not be here today. So thank you. Thank you for doing the work that you guys are doing. Thank you for sowing the seed to the missions. Thank you for doing great things for, you know, the kingdom of God to be advanced. So thank you very much. So today I'm going to talk about mission to the Buddhist world. And the first thing I want to share with everyone is that God loves everyone equally. Everybody say equally. Have you ever felt that God might love somebody more than yourself? Or have you ever uh, thought that, oh, maybe I'm not that, you know, loved by God? You know, I'm here to tell you the good news that God loves everybody the same. Siblings in the house, sometimes we struggle. You know, I grown up in a family of five siblings, and sometimes I thought my mom loves my other sister and sibling more than myself because of the thing that she did for them and the things that she did for me. I compare sometimes, but I'm here to tell you good news that God loves us all the same. He loves us equally. And you know what the same blood that said for me is also the same blood that says for all of us here in this room. And John 3, 16, the Bible is so popular saying that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're so familiar with this word, and we see that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. And in Romans 5, verse 8, the Bible also said that by God, uh, but God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's say he died for me. He died for you and I. He died for all of us. We call ourselves Christians. He died for the Catholic. He died for the Muslim. He died for the Hindu. He died for the Judaism. He died for everybody. And he died for the Buddhists too. And it doesn't matter what kind of background that we come from. We are here because we have one thing in common. That we have the same father. The same his son that died for all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, I believe that one of the strongest messages to uh, preach about, um, you know, the message of the gospel is the message about love. But you know what? Love is not really a good topic to talk to the Buddhist. Matter of fact, when we talk about love to the Buddhist, they might think really negatively. According to the Buddhism, there are four noble truths. Life is suffering. Suffering is caused by desires. Suffering is extinguished by extinguishing desires. Desires are extinguished by following the noble eightfold path. So basically here, what they believe is that everybody was born in pain. And then they will die in pain. So in the Buddhism uh, worldview, that is suffering. And love is just a desire. You just desire something fleshly, worldly, and that will ultimately lead to suffering. Whereas we Christians, we believe that that we're here because of the blessing of God. We're here because God had put us in this place because that's the blessing from heaven. And the Buddhists, they don't think that way. And you know what? When we talk to the Buddhists, we have to really show them love in action. So one time I had a chance to talk with one of the devout Buddhists in the car 
uh, back home. Uh, because when my wife got saved, she got persecuted so badly from her mom and her family. And her mom thought that, oh, I have lost my daughter because of that crazy Paul guy. Um, and she, she persecuted her like, emotionally and different ways. Uh, and one time he invited a devout Buddhist just to come to us and talk to us. They're trying to convince us. <laughs> and uh, in the car, he was, uh, described something. Uh, matter of fact, everything that he said, I had the answer for that. And every time I asked him, he didn't have the answer. <laughs> and lastly, he said, you know what? The monk in the Buddhism, they don't get married. But all you guys in Christian pastor, you know, you guys get married. And I thought to myself, if none of us get married, the world would gone extinct for a long time ago. Marriage is a blessing from God, right? God created man, and then he said, man, it's not good for man to live by himself, to live alone. That's why God created women, and God blessed them. And Lord, God said, let it multiply. Be blessed and multiplied. You see, the plans of God is for us to, to receive much more blessing and to be multiplied in, in the world that we live. But with the Buddhists, they think, they think differently. And actually, the Bible also tells us about love. And it's so important for us to understand there's many types of love in the Bible. But today, we're going to experience the three types of love in the Greek perspectives. Because in the New Testament, there's a lot of Greek uh, perspective here. And that, those loves are uh, eros love, referred to the physical or sexual love. The second type is filial loves, which means a warm affection or friendship. Everybody say friendship. And the third one say agape love. And this is the highest form of love that we've learned, we've known about. That is the sacrificial, unconditional love of God. And the love of God is sacrificial, unconditional. And it is so great that when we tell uh, the Buddhists about love, we have to show a sacrificial, unconditional, because we all men have conditions. You know, we, we all have conditions. Let's just think about your spouse right now. Did you really have some condition when you guys came, first came together? You know, uh, we, it doesn't matter how good you are. We, we, we have conditions all the time. But Jesus never had condition when he came to the world and died for our sins. There's no condition. That's why it's unconditional. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn anything for Jesus to do that for you. He already did. And he already won the victory for us. And that is so amazing. That's why when we share the love of God to the Buddhist world, we have to show them what Jesus Christ really did on the cross for them. And that love is amazing. The Bible also defines that God is love. So whenever we talk about love, agape love to people, we are actually witnessing about Jesus Christ to them. It is so powerful that when Jesus asked, you know, Peter, 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 do you love me? And Jesus is actually asking Peter, do you agape me? And Peter was answering, even after Jesus resurrected from his death, he has done miracles and great things. He saw uh, the disciple, how he raised from the dead. Still, Peter just say, I love you, but filial, not agape. You know, the Buddhist world, the Buddhist love, they only reach to the point of hero if not filial. But never, never, ever, they understand the concept of agape love. Because for them, that is foolish. For them, that is not wise. And Jesus actually tell, ask 
Peter three times about agape love to show agape love is different, and that's the highest form that we need to know. And the second thing I want to share with you in the Buddhist uh, uh, mindset is uh, idol worship. You know, in America, many times I heard about some of the pastor um, preaching about idols, and idol could be invisible. It could be thing that we don't see. It could be thing that uh, um, you know, it not really uh, a thing that we can touch. Uh, for example, if you use social media too much, it could be your idol, right? If 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 we focus on ourselves sometimes a little bit too much, ourselves could be our idol, right? Anybody love coffee here in the house? <laughs> I know some people they get really in trouble if they don't get a cup of coffee. You know, before leaving the house, sometimes I need coffee, and I, actually, I drink coffee almost every day. But you know what? If you love coffee more than Jesus, be careful. I'm not going to say in the next thing, okay? But you, you got the idea. You know, in Exodus 20, uh, verse 3 to 5, it says, You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. The scripture shows very clearly about idol worship. In Exodus, God is showing them, um, the Israelites, all the details and instruction of, of how, uh, you know, to keep his commandment. But Jesus, you know, Jesus put it this way. It's so powerful that he's saying in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So you see, both scriptures, one is in the Old Testament, one is in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, like God, through Moses, was trying to explain to them how you can keep God's commandment. And it's mentioned about all the commandments, including the greatest commandment. But Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, and, and what is the great, greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your soul, and with all your mind. We see, both scriptures talking about the same thing. But it, it, it's, uh, Jesus confirmed it in a way that is so powerful for me because we cannot keep his commandment without love. We can only keep his greatest commandment. We cannot love the Lord the most if we really love God. There's no other way. There's no other way that you can try to love God. I mean, try to keep his commandment, but don't love God. There's no other way. So in order for us to live accordingly to the scriptures, uh, to really, you know, uh, keep the Lord's commandments in our life, we have to love God first. So it's so easy for us to become an idol worshiper. Anyone can become an idol worshiper. And if we love anything more than God, according to Jesus himself, we're idol worshipers. But what about idols in the Buddhist world? When we're talking about idol worship in the Buddhist world, we're talking about big statue, you know, big um, things, that, that physical statue that made by men. And across Vietnam and across, uh, you know, some of the Southeast Asia, there's uh, uh, idols everywhere, and people came and bowed out to them and worshipped them daily. And you can see some of the photos on the slides. People worship them daily over there. Um, Mark Dilden is one of the uh, HE World Mission. He went to Thailand about um, 20 years ago. So he has been a Peninsula Asia area director for um, about more than 10 years. 
And uh, those areas include Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and Myanmar. So those are the areas that you see um, most Buddhists gather. Uh, it's really thick area that you see on the map. So Mark Durin, he came to Thailand and, and he first time in his life experienced the presence of demonic. He was a pastor before he became a, a missionary as well. But when he, he first got to Thailand, you know, he, he has to, um, you know, rent out his house for his children and for his wife. And things just got really, really uncomfortable for him. He came to the house and he felt all kind of demonic presence and all kind of uh, manifestations. And his kids got sick. His wife got really sick. And, and he, he started to pray with God, what's happening here? So the Lord showed him in the scripture, 1 John verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, he said, Greater is he, the one who is in us, than the one who is in the world. So he quoted this scripture every day. He prayed over his children. He prayed over his wife. And he experienced the power of God rest upon the house that he rented. And that's how from a really demonic present became the house of prayer, the house of worship, and the center of their ministry over there. And many Buddhists got saved through that house. So, church, I want to tell you that the one who's in us is stronger and greater than the one who is in this world. It doesn't matter what kind of demonic presence we are in right now. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, situation. You know, sometimes we got a problem and we're so worried. But don't worry. God is greater than those problems. He's greater than any, any principality, spiritual, uh, that, that causes that problem. Knowing our God can help us through. Amen. Amen. And um, Buddhists, uh, you, they, they struggle a lot with this because they've been bondage. They've, uh, they, they were raised, uh, uh, you know, they were taught with some of the deceiving things and, and they, they never really received the truth. So there's a lot of manifestation and demonic presence around, around Buddhists. So when we, uh, you know, um, doing the ministry with the Buddhists, we always have to cover ourselves really strongly in prayers. And that led me to this third thing I want to share with you is that spiritual warfare. Everybody say spiritual warfare. The first thing is, it's real. It's real. And the Bible actually talks about that very clearly. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, it said, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against all the rulers of the darkest of this age, against spiritual hosts of the wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, the battle that we actually battle in daily is not the battle of the thing that we can see. Our physical eye cannot see and is actually happening. For example, if you get really sick, if you get really, uh, let's say, in a car accident, you got messed up with your relationship, all kind of things happening, and sometimes it could be spiritual warfare happening in your life. Uh, it doesn't mean that whenever you have a car accident, uh, you got attacked. No, no, it's not always like that. Let's say if you're driving, uh, you know, just slowly and not really careful, you got a car accident, that's because of yourself. So that, in that case, don't blame the demon, right? But when a Christian is living for God, when you're doing something for his kingdom, spiritual warfare will come. And don't be surprised when it's come. Don't be surprised when trouble comes because that's why Jesus said, you know, you don't have to be surprised, but take heart, be courageous, because I have overcome the world, so you will overcome as well. 
So I had a friend um, when I was young, you know, he always in school with me from uh, elementary, and, and he has been always a devout Buddhist, um, you know, throughout his life. So when I went to college, uh, I got saved. I had a chance to share the gospel with him. So many times, many times, and then there was one specifically time in Christmas. I came home and, and asked him, invite him to a local church right there, um, and he got saved that night. And thanks God, after about a couple years, he shared the gospel with his sister, with his uh, family of five, including his parents. And now five of them are Christian now. Praise God. So one time his sister was, um, uh, you know, it was just the, the new believer. So she, um, as according to what she told us, she ate something that offering to uh, demons. Um, so when she got home after her dinner, she became really ill. And she started shaking. You know, the manifestation of demonic started showing off of her body. So she like crying, crying and, and crawling on the floor and yelling and do all kind of crazy stuff. And then I visited Vietnam like many years ago. So my friend, he, he called me and said, hey, Paul, come over. I don't know what happened to my sister. Come and help. So I came and I, I saw she was crawling on the floor and doing all crazy stuff. And I didn't know what happened to, to her. And you know, it was so early, I didn't have a lot of experience in what to do at the time. But one thing I know, that must be demonic. And a lot of, you know, like shaking and yelling and cursing uh, out of her mouth. But we, you know, we came and prayed for her. We came for the peace of God. We came and prayed for the deliverance of God to be over her. And thanks God, she got delivered. She got delivered. And she now a really became a really strong Christian. You know what? Every Buddhist, when they come to God, they have to face a lot of things like that, spiritual warfare that is very intense, and they need deliverance. They not just need salvation, but they need deliverance and transformation, and that all takes time. That's why Bible study for us is really key essentials. We have anybody that got saved, I'm going to go right after them, you know, like asking them, inviting them to our small group to learn about the Bible. And I've seen that people, we've, we've, we've had many people got saved, but people that are um, that willing and they make a decision to come to our small group, we see how they grow very stably. But people who don't uh, go to small group, they don't learn the Bible. When they go home, the seed in their heart being stolen by the devil. And their Christian lives just got down to the point they reject Christ as their Lord and Savior. And things like that happen. So we really, really thought that uh, uh, Bible discipleship is key essential to reaching out to the Buddhist. Regardless of all the warfare and obstacles one may have, here are two things that I found happening to every Buddhist convert that I know. The first thing is doubt. Everybody say doubt. You know, we know the message of the gospel is very powerful, right? Sometimes when a person got saved by just hearing, the first time hearing the gospel, and we see that the, the message of the gospel is, can be real powerful, but that I've seen some of the evangelists speaking to thousands of people, and they got saved. So powerful. But you know what? When a Buddhist got saved, they go home, and they will think, oh, what did I do? Did I just renounce my religion? Did I just accept that, that new guy called Jesus is my savior? And they started asking questions and doubts and all kind of moments crazily happening in their mind. Uh, and everybody has to go through that kind of doubt. And that's when we, the church coming in, the minister coming in to help them to walk through that. And that is not easy, but it's worth 
doing is worth helping them. The second thing that they all experience is persecution. This is really tough, right? Nobody want to be persecuted, right? Any of you want to be persecuted by somebody? Of course, no. You know, in the Chinese church, in the late 90s, I'm sorry, in the late 50s, they only have about 1 million Christians, the whole country, in the whole country. China has a lot of people, you know? And in the late 50s, there's a movement that is so powerful in the China uh, Christian that they have the movement called House to House Revival. What they do is when a person got saved, they go to everybody, different houses, different neighbors, and talk about Jesus. And that movement spread throughout the country until the point where the government trying to shut that down, the government trying to persecute uh, a lot of pastors, ministers, and church leaders. And the more the government persecuted them, the more the church grew over there. And it's so amazing that after about 20, 30 years from 1 million Christians, became over 100 million Christians in China. And it has a great revival happening and, and, and you know, just quenching over China. And we, we're so grateful when we hear stories about that. And many people got saved uh, in, in China, revival. And we learn about the revival in China. And one thing we found in common is that every Christian there, they embraces persecution. So persecution is not a bad thing, right? Sometimes we hear about negative word like being persecuted is something bad. We just think about bad pictures and images in our mind. But for God, it's not a bad thing. Matter of fact, God is using persecution to grow his church. It, it, it no wonder why, you know, when you got saved, you came to Jesus, and, and sometimes you got persecuted emotionally from your friends and family. Even people are mocked in school just because of their faith in Christ, right? So, but it's not a bad thing, just hold tight to Jesus, because when we hold tight to Jesus, you know what? Persecution will be the, the really good motivation for us to grow our faith with God. And I believe that when persecutions happen to a Christian and that Christian, you know, uh, overcome that persecution, their faith will be so firmly in the Lord. I've heard so many like American revivalists talking about revival in the U.S. And one time I heard a really famous revivalist uh, talking. Uh, he, he said this. This is American talking. Even though we don't like to be persecuted, but we must experience persecution to have revival. So persecution is something that God is allowed so he can revise his church. But friends, all of us will have persecutions in different ways. Are, are you guys, are you guys have, do you guys have persecution a lot? If you think that you have persecution? Or sometimes it might not be, you know, the physical persecution being put into jail or in prison, but actually sometimes if you've been mocked at school, if you've, if you've been, you know, people just cursing over you because you believe in God, that's just persecution. And um, we can overcome that. I just look to Jesus, guys. He's, he's so loving. He's so good. And when we experience his love, we've overcome that. So I'm going to share with you a video of a mom and a son. Uh, they oh, got here just about two years ago. Okay, and uh, you know they, they had a back, uh, Buddhist background. They just recently got saved, being in our small group. 
and uh, they share something about down persecution uh, in the short video and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that after this. Chào mọi người, tôi tên là Đức, năm nay tôi học lớp 8. Tôi đã tin Chúa được 2 năm rồi và sau khi tin Chúa thì tôi cảm giác được sự bình an và tôi cảm giác rất vui. Có tôi rất uh, nghĩ ngờ về lời của Ngài vì sao Ngài có thể quyền năng như vậy. Thì tôi phải đọc lời của Ngài và tìm kiếm lời của Ngài. Khi tôi uh, ở đây thì khi mẹ tôi chết thì gia đình của tôi lại nói là vì sao con lại không thấp hương cho ôn mê và lại không làm theo các cái phong tục của người Việt Nam. Gia đình của tôi cảm giác như là tôi đã bị tẩy não và tôi không còn nhớ ba mẹ mình là người đẻ ra mình là ai nữa. Có tôi rất hào hứng cho tương lai của tôi bởi vì tôi biết Ngài sẽ có kế hoạch cho tôi, Chúa sẽ có kế hoạch cho tôi. Mình tên là Hương, mình tin Chúa được hơn 2 năm và sau cái tin Chúa thì lòng của mình cảm thấy bình yên hơn so với trước đây không con quá lo lắng vì những thứ xung quanh như trước đây nữa. Sau khi tin Chúa thì tôi thường xuyên nghi ngờ về đức tin của mình. Tôi biết Chúa là có thật vì tôi đã được kinh nghiệm sự hiện diện của Chúa. Nhưng mà tôi thì nghĩ là nghi ngờ về kinh thánh có phải là lời của Chúa hay không? Thì tôi cũng hỏi Chúa, cầu nguyện và hỏi Chúa xin Chúa hãy trả lời cho con biết là kinh thánh có phải là lời đến từ Ngài hay không? hay là do lời của con người, cái suy nghĩ của con người. Nhưng mà cảm ơn Chúa, Chúa đã trả lời cho tôi biết là cẩn thận là lời đến từ Ngài. Tôi không có nhiều sự bắt bỡ từ gia đình và bạn bè, chỉ là người thân của tôi không ủng hộ về cái đặc tin, về tin lành. Vì um, gia đình của tôi có truyền thống là tín đạo Phật thì bên đạo Phật thì sẽ có cộng ông bà tổ tiên uh, sẽ có những ngày đám dỗ mà bên tin lành thì không vì theo đạo Phật thì nếu như mà không có cộng ông trong bà tổ tiên là bất hiểu nhưng mà sau này đọc cẩn thận thì tôi biết là cái việc đó nó vô nghĩa So here's a moms and son they they experience a lot of things from their family when they they don't keep you know, burnt uh, offerings to the death, to the ancestors and things like that. Um, every uh, Buddhist that uh, does that in Vietnam, and uh, uh, that's happening a lot for everybody, but thanks God, when they learn the word of God, and they know the truth, and they know the truth will set them free, and they, they keep studying the word of God. I've seen them growing and growing, and uh, we're so thankful that uh, when we see a Buddhist God say and be changed, that's the most beautiful things ever. Um, because, you know, uh, when, 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 when they, they're born in, in um, a family that, that they don't have no clue about God, there are millions of people out there they don't have no clue and never heard first one time about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They never really heard about that. So it is really hard for us, at, uh, for them at first to receive, but it takes time and, uh, you know, we, we need to carry the presence of God. We need the wisdom from God. And one thing in the video the lady was sharing that she overcomes all of those doubts and those moments where the, the family really uh, didn't like it when she, um, when she stopped burn some offering to the dead. The one thing that she said is that because she experienced the presence of God. She experienced the presence of God. That's why, you know, when we come to church, it's so important. You probably feel different when you stay in the public area out there, but you feel different when you are in church, right? Because there's the presence of God in church. And there's the presence of God in godly people too. 
That was so different. When, that's what we really need, God. It's not just the Buddhists. We all need God's presence. Moses was talking with the Lord. Lord, if you don't go up there, I'm not going to go in anywhere. You see, he, he knew that the key to be successful in ministry is to be in with the Lord, is to be in his presence. And it's so important for us to the mission to win the Buddhist soul is that they need to experience the presence of the Lord. And the last thing I want to share with you is that prayers is the key for our mission. You know, um, most concentrated Buddhists live in the um, area that I was showing you earlier. And right now in the world, according to some of the recent research, it has more than 5 million Buddhists that practice Buddhism worldwide. Um, and um, they really need Jesus. These are the people that they never heard one time in their life about God. Um, and the research about population in the Christians shows that we have about 31% Christian now. Uh, even though it's, you know, it's more than the Buddhists in the world, but uh, out of 8 billion people, there are still a lot of lost people out there. So just think about that this way. If you have 10 children, let's say, you have 10 children, and 7 of them have gone astray. Seven of them have lost their way. How could you be happy in the Thanksgiving party, you know, in your family times when seeing, you know, a lot of them still on their way to hell? So God's heart for his church is the same. He's, he's, he's not happy to see people that are so lost out there. They need to hear the truth. They need to be saved. They need to experience the love and the presence of our God. And it's so important for us to know the heart of God because when we know the heart of God, we're doing things according to his heart and he will lead us, guys. So the church is not just about what we're doing inside the church. The church is about doing, fulfilling the great commission that God has for us. And I'm so glad and thankful that uh, this is my second time here and I came here and I felt different. I felt growth here. I felt uh, energy here in the room. I felt potential here in the room. And, and I know that Pastor Jeff and, and your team here, you guys have been doing a great job here. And I'm sure that this house will be fulfilled, will be full with the presence of God and he will draw more people to his church here. I believe so strongly about that. And you know what? When we be able to do that, it's not just we trying to take care of the duties inside of the church, but also to look out, to see the heart of God, to see the heart of God toward the lost. And I, I'm sure that will be really pleasing to our God. Amen? Um, so Mark Dillon has discovered the key to winning over the Buddhist world, so have we. The battle with the Amalekites, when you uh, read the scripture in Exodus chapter 17, you see the scripture said, as long as Moses held up his hand in battle, right, the Israelites were winning over the Amalekites. But when the, you know, when the hand was gotten, you know, it's really tired because the battle happened in the whole day. And then when Moses' hand was lower, get lower, tired, and then the Amalekites was winning over the Israelites. That's something interesting here. And you see, when Aaron and Hur came and helped Moses, each 
each side to raise Moses' hands up. You see, this is the symbol of prayer. This is a, a beautiful pictures of what prayer looked like. That's why we all need to pray for our pastor, our leader in the church. We need to be that Aaron, that her, to support Moses' hand so that Moses' hand will always lift it up high so that the power of the church will be over the power of, of whatever darkness in area that we're living in. And I'm sure that every battle of our ministry, of our life, will, 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 we will win victoriously. Amen? And this is also the scriptures that uh, God shows us that we need to pray for the Buddhists. We need to pray for God to open their hearts. So I invited all of you. If you guys in the, uh, during your day, during your week, just remember about our community here in Chicago, just please pray for us. I'm asking you, pray. Hey, just remember about that pastor Paul's church, Vietnamese church. Pray for us. Pray for God to open the Buddhist heart. We do in the ministry as our church. We uh, go out, go after people. We invite people. We uh, connect with people through the social things like, uh, you know, like uh, sometimes I have to teach ESL class for people. Some of the Vietnamese living here in Chicago, and we do different things to trying to share about the gospel of Christ. So we had a lot of problems and, and difficulties sometimes, and it's not always easy. That's why I'm asking you guys, please pray for us. We need a lot of prayer. We need some errands, some herd who help us, who be with us. And I'm, I believe that we're going to do it all together. Amen? And you know what? Matter of fact, we are in Chicago. There are more than 70 Vietnamese that live in in the city. Probably here in the country, we see a lot of white people, right? Or you, you never really, I don't know, but uh, there's more than 70 Vietnamese that are Buddhist in the city. And some of the spot here in Chicago and some of the North campuses, we've seen some of the Buddhist temple and they have that same kind of Buddha, but indoor, really big, and a lot of Buddhists, they travel there weekly uh, on the weekend just to worship. And you, you see, it's happening not just in Vietnam, in Thailand, over there, overseas, but also it's happening right here in Chicago. So we need a lot of your prayer. So our church is just, have, uh, just established a little bit more than a, a year now, and we've been so blessed. We started out just, uh, you know, from small group, and, and we're doing reaching out, teaching ESL, we're teaching Bible discipleship and things like that, and uh, we've, we've, we've seen miracles happen. We've seen God is doing miracles that we don't even expect, but God has done so many wonders and, and, and signs happening in our church. So we felt so blessed because when we together, doing the ministry together, we pray and we, you know, just uh, doing um, uh, wholeheartedly for God. He will bring the result. He will bring the people to the ministry. And uh, church, uh, at the end, I just want to invite all of us, you know, just to spend a little bit of time. Uh, with, with us, uh, just pray for our ministry. Uh, I think I'm going to invite Pastor Jeff just to come over and maybe pray just, you know, whatever God is placing in your heart about uh, the Vietnamese community here in Chicago. Um, and just pray for us. Pray for God's protections. Pray for uh, uh, growth in the church. And uh, pray for the Buddhist people, the, their heart to open when they first hear the gospel. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. And if you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to stay up to date with all of our new messages. Thanks for listening. God bless.